What is up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight. We're coming at you each and every week with a fresh service to debrief an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than the power of conversation? I'm Mark Francis in the host seat once again today. And I have a couple guys with me to my left and right. Um, surprised there's no joke cracking yet. But over here we have Mr. Ben Sanford. How are you? There will be. There, there will, will be, be plenty of good job sitting between us. I got to keep you. Yeah. Keep yeah, you separate. Yeah. yeah. And you I'm hear doing him? well. Yes. To good. answer your question, you're looking very patriotic with the with the with the light blue and the tank sure. top. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. The trucker's hat. It's summer, man. And it's summer. I mean, it's a holiday. It is Fourth so of July today. I'm Happy, Happy Independence Day, kids. Happy, Happy Independence Day. Day. You hear him already, Caleb Pearson. Give us your direct uh, position here once again. Director of student director ministries. of student ministries. And throw some young adult ministry in there. Okay, a little bit of podcasting, a little bit of preaching. And pulpit time. Yeah, love it. Ben tends to do what I tell him to do. And podcast host. In there. Do I? <laughs> now, now I didn't pretend to. Instead of podcast host, it is uh, you're in the hot seat. The hot today, seat. Yes. Um, because you so. were in the pulpit. I'm going to turn to Ben first because we we started the worship service with an intro saying that it was, you know, the holiday weekend, Independence Day weekend. Sure. And we threw up some pictures of Corinth. Um, mm-hmm. and His pictures. His, they I they were take from you. Yeah. you. So yeah, yeah, we yeah. give you the, the credit for the photography. But more importantly, we want to hear... <laughs> Hopefully it was decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want to hear about the experience because yeah, um, you being in the worship planning team, you helped also think through how do we package this worship time in sure. context of Independence Day. So um, let's just throw it that way first before we really tackle the sermon. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, there's plenty to say with regards to the sermon, too, that that, that experience there really um, gave some insight towards. As far as the service itself, I this was one of the ones over the summer that I uh, was asked to plan and then present to the worship team. Which we've been doing. This is not a normal thing. Right, for the right, worship. right, right. Worship planning typically is a couple weeks at a time, but here mm-hmm. we had the Psalm series, and we're looking to pair them um, with the Psalms through yeah. September. And they got assigned to different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I happened to land on this one and just kind of wrestling with, okay, so what role does the church play in in celebrating our American independence, right? Which is a thing that we're all thankful for and mm-hmm. and want to celebrate and get to celebrate, I think. Um, but also, I, I really like that you you pulled out in your sermon that, yeah, we can celebrate that, and that's great, we should. But also, we have a much, much greater freedom that we as a church body can celebrate. And so I was just trying to think through, okay, Lord, what what has driven that home for me? And I started thinking about Corinth. Like when I was there, I had read the story just before going that day, and and kind of perused through Acts 18, the day after I had went through Athens as well. And it was really sticking in my mind that um, here are cities that, or places, you know, the the Acropolis and Corinth itself, that are in ruins now. But the truth that the Lord uh, gave us through those places is eternal. Mm-hmm. And so, as as far as our country is concerned, like, who knows what our country is going to look like in 50 years in 1956 it was <laughs> it was easter sunday was was pasted all over new york city right cool mm-hmm. picture we'll get to that it was second. great yeah. it was uh-huh. great yeah yeah and i'd never seen that that was really cool hmm. so it you know who knows we may end up looking like that probably unlikely right but 
regardless of what direction we do go, we can celebrate what the Lord has given us in this country and what we get to enjoy, but we can celebrate even more what he's given us in Christ to enjoy in relationship and with And what him. has stood the test of time. Right, yeah. What you were experiencing being in Corinth, you're, you're, you're processing, yes, the Apostle Paul was here. Yeah. You know, he was ministering to people who were in the early stages mm -hmm. of just becoming the church. Yeah. He's right. writing letters to them. And and yes, now it's in ruins. Yeah. And yet the, those words that Paul's writing are here on my phone. Right. I mean, yeah. they're literally, it's, it's mm -hmm. like it's in, in, in thousands of languages. In, 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 and yeah. all across the world. Yeah. Uh, declaring who God is and what Christ has done for us and to stand firm in that faith right. of what first and second Corinthians did but it's it's really cool to see to take something where yes we can as a nation get all wrapped up in Independence Day freedom from you know tyranny and freedom from the Brits whatever you want to say <laughs> yeah. and and yes um, we we can sometimes forget what's what trumps that what yeah. is more important and it does trump society. that, mm -hmm. yeah. which is kind of a hard pill to swallow to some degree when our, like we think of ourselves as, you know, where are you from? I'm American. Mm -hmm. Especially when you travel, mm -hmm. you're identified as that's the American. And there's a certain sense of, of like, yeah, I mm -hmm. like that. Right. There's certain things that our country stands for that we, that we do stand for. Mm -hmm. Certain things that our country stands for that we don't stand right. for also. So right? Caleb, how, how, how raptured and that's not the right word but how how invested were you with independence day for your sermon did that ring true of like oh wow i really need to cover this and touch base yeah on once i knew it was it was going to be that weekend before i wanted to address it and the the there is a government interaction in acts 18 yeah. so you're not mm -hmm. grabbing that out of thin air either it's not a it's not a what's happening in culture we'll preach on that it's by the way there's some government unfoldings here in acts 18 yeah. and by the way here we are you're coming out of the, the Pride Month stuff. You're, we're anticipating a, a, an election season coming up, so it felt like a good time to do it. The The story about the picture is very cool because I first saw that picture this past Easter, came across it, and I just saved it because I, like, yeah. I was like, Ooh, that's, yeah. I'm going to use that for something because yeah, right. there's a lot there. And then the worship team reached out to me and they said, hey, are you going to kind of tie into Independence Day stuff and speak towards almost like national pride versus some other stuff? And I said, I, I said, yeah, Acts 18 is going to speak towards that. I plan to share it. And they said, we have pictures of Corinth and ruin that we want to start the service with. And so I was like, this is perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah. Perfect. So I said, yes, this will be great. And so I've had that picture saved in my phone for months, just kind of praying over when to, it's like, maybe I'll wait till Easter of next year, but sure. it felt right to mm -hmm. end with that and, and be a part of the service. Again, I'm so glad whoever's preaching isn't a lonely man on an island deciding what to say, but what are we sure. trying to communicate, service in to service out, and how can it all tie together? Because America's not in ruin yet. A lot of people are roaming the streets saying it's being ruined, but we're not in ruin yet, but, but we... We can see some things happening in this, that, and the other. And, and my brother yesterday was telling me he was thinking on the sermon, and he said, you know, it's easy to fear for our kids or the future generations of what, what's our country going to look like, but the church will be somewhere. Yeah, Either right. Jesus is coming back or his church will be somewhere. Yeah. And if it ain't here, it's there. If it ain't Corinth, it's here. You know, yeah. and that there's a piece to that, that, that we are eternal. The church yeah. is eternal. The truth's out of Corinth, eternal. So are we. Well, you did start the, the sermon not in Acts. Mm -hmm. um, and you also kind of pared down the sermon time a bit. Uh, yes. Just, we had VBS kids. Communion we plus had VBS. Communion. There's lots yeah. of different things. So yeah. I'll ask the typical Mark Gary question, what was on the cutting room floor? And, and then I'll 
piggyback that of why did you start mm -hmm. um, where you did? And yeah, so it's a little bit of a unique animal in the sense that in 30 minutes, I covered 23 verses. This coming weekend, I'll have 40 minutes to cover four verses, mm -hmm. and I'm excited for that. And so it's not so much that anything was on the cutting room floor and it won't get covered, but it's a natural break in Acts 18. The first 23 verses is a story, and Luke's detailing it briefly, but so many details. He traveled here, he traveled yeah. there, they went there, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. He's positioning people for what's getting ready to happen in the book of Acts. And that can actually make it harder to preach through because you want to answer all the questions. <laughs> and I told him in private, I said, sometimes you read Acts and you're like, this is boring. All these names and nouns and places. Why, Luke? Why? Why are you focusing on this? Right, right. I want to know what they said to Paul. I want to know how that... But Luke is positioning the people, the body of Christ, for what's getting ready to come. So Acts 19 and Tim back in the pulpit in weeks to come after this weekend will help continue to paint that picture. And so going into 2 Timothy, uh -huh. I think it's something that we even talked about here a few weeks ago mm -hmm. um, when it referenced Acts of all Scripture. All Scripture's profitable, right. right? And we're looking at Acts and we're learning about this guy who's going to go on to write so many letters. What... What did the Lord do in Paul's life to qualify him for what he's getting ready to say? He, yes, the Holy Spirit inspires the text. I grew up knowing Paul's words are inspired by God, but I didn't realize the depth to which Paul felt and knew what he was saying and how Timothy isn't just taking it as this supernatural, godly godly truth he has to now figure out what, what it looks like. He knows Paul's gone through it. Paul's right. saying, you need to be ready in and out of season and you can assume they've had a conversation at some point in their life. Let me tell you about the seasons I've been through. And you get oh, to, yeah. this yeah, is man. it. We're, we can appreciate Acts as a congregation more if we say, huh. So that now when he gets to the point where he's about to die and he's unloading all this information to Timothy, all these things have qualified Paul for ministry. They've given him a, a story, an ongoing testimony. Depth. They've given him depth and exactly. maturity. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not just spewing wise words, hoping Paul's right. Yeah. He has seen it. He has seen the yeah. Lord move. And so the way 2 Timothy 3 and 4, Paul, he's very chiastic about it. He kind of starts a thought and comes back to it often. But the way he says those things in that reverse order and then specify, he's clarifying training in righteousness. Be ready no matter what's going on. Yeah. And so this text is like, well, there's a, the text starts, he's making tents, and the text ends. <laughs> Everyone's begging him to stay because yeah. the gospel's running everywhere. That's in 23 verses. Mm -hmm. If I get an opportunity to chat with Luke up, up there, I'm going to be like, that was quick. You detailed a lot of stuff in Acts really quick. You know, it's, so how do we preach through that? I wanted to use 2 Timothy. And so I'll, that'll, that'll be part of next weekend. And that too. also shows Paul's heart of teaching. Right. And, He's and been doing understanding it. scripture so much mm -hmm. that he is wanting to pass that on to Timothy, mm -hmm. pass it on yeah. to anyone he comes in contact with. Yeah. That's his discipleship, disciple making mentality yeah. is that it doesn't matter where he goes. He is going to throw himself in the heart of the marketplace and just mm -hmm. start talking to people and, yeah. and share who Jesus yeah. is. And I shared 2 Timothy 4 two: be ready in and out of season, correct, rebuke, teach. Um with our graduates, class of 2023 in May, and mm -hmm. I had a, a young lady come up to me who graduated, and she said, what does in-season and out-of-season mean for me? Are, are you saying there will be seasons in which I am being used by God and seasons which I'm not? Like, that, that, that that's a great question mm -hmm. from a youth graduate. Be ready in-season and out. Oh, my goodness, yeah. there's going to be times in my life where God's gone or, or I'm not able to be used by Him, but that's not what it means. It means when it's opportune, when it's timely, when these, these points and acts where it's like, awesome, and then there's yeah. these other points in Acts where it's like, ugh, I don't want that for and anybody. And you don't want to. Exactly. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you think of maybe in season, out of season, it's 
who the audience that Paul was speaking to. He, mm-hmm. he consistently is going to the Jews. Mm-hmm. And and here in even this passage, he's like, shook off his garments yeah. is the phrase. Shook he's like, the dust off. I, yeah. he's like yeah. I, I'm done with you. And, and yeah. then he literally says, uh, you know, your blood be on your own head. I'm going I'm to the plain. Gentiles. From yeah. now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Yeah. He didn't really emphasize that too much, but mm-hmm. it, it's he had always been going to the Jews right. first right. in every city. And, and here now, I guess, he's just fed up. Well, and I mean, it, it, you don't want it? Okay, I'll go to somebody who might. Like, like it, there's a there's an element of preach the truth and the word to people, and yeah. then be. it's not about success, it's about obedience. Like, Paul is demonstrating that, and he, it qualifies him to go next door, and then people start believing. And so he could, and that, that's a cutting room floor thing. You could elaborate on what it would be like to, for Paul to continue to to maybe fight back against the Jews who are who are not accepting the message, but instead it's a, it happens to be a quick pivot to a place where the Lord is ready. The hearts were stirred, Crispus and his whole household, and they were ready to believe. Praise God that Paul didn't keep beating his hand bloody against the Jewish door, yeah. when just, right next door somebody was ready for Jesus. One other aspect of just what in-season, out-of-season looks like. Yeah. I mean, you can be yeah. in this mm-hmm. rut and be like, God, where am I? What's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see anything happening around me. You know, it's just kind of, I feel stagnant. But mm-hmm. like, but I think our call is still to preach the word, still and to the, present Christ to and, people. And the heart of the text is verses 9 through 11, the, the vision, the, the red letter. Mm-hmm. We hear from him. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yep. There's a reason that's halfway through that, that story of everything building up to it. He's prone to be fatigued, silenced, and stopping basically. And then he gets to hear from the Lord. And then it says he settled 18 months. Like you that know- stood out to me. You know what's crazy about that to me? Mm-hmm. Like, again, being there. So uh, you you could barely see in one of those pictures where the road is kind of the main focus point. That's kind of the main walkway in, and then there's this L-shaped. Uh, you basically go up to the end of that and turn right. And where those two roads meet, there's the Bema seat right there. Mm-hmm. They've got a little plaque there in Greek that says this is the Bema seat. They've got kind of that passage out there as well. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, right next to that is this huge courtyard where it says they took Sosthenes out and beat him in that courtyard, right? And that's right in front of this huge temple that's in ruins now. Huge temple to um, Hermes, I believe. So you you think about, you put yourself in Paul's shoes, and he's dragged in front of the proconsul. This is a small platform. There's probably like 20 people could fit on that. Mm-hmm. But all around this Bema seat are homes and shops. Like this is the dead center mm-hmm. of the whole place. Mm-hmm. And everything is very, very, like these, these homes share a dividing wall and they're just stacked right, right. right next to each other. So everything's close proximity. You think of the community aspect mm-hmm. of that town mm-hmm. at the time. This isn't a sprawling metropolis like, you know, DC mm-hmm. or New York now. This is, their version of a sprawling metropolis is probably the size of Winchester to some mm-hmm. extent. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think in 400 BC it had like 90,000 people. So mm-hmm. 400 years, who knew how much it grew at that time? But my point is that everything would have been right in front of everybody. You knew the whole city knew that Paul had been dragged in front of this guy, and then publicly in the courtyard they're beating the the head of the Jewish synagogue. <laughs> so it puts that passage into perspective too. Like mm-hmm. why, to some degree, I'm asking like, why is he, why is he afraid? Why is he concerned? And there's certainly a suggestion if mm-hmm. the Lord had to say that to him, there's, he's wrestling with some of that. Right. Well, everybody knows you, the whole city is aware of what just happened. <laughs> so you're, you're the center of attention to some mm-hmm. degree. 
Mm-hmm. And for for the Lord to reassure him in that way, and then for him to say, "All right, man, That's I'm in. Let's yeah. do it." Then yeah. he's in that city where where a good majority of those people are aware of what happened for 18 months mm-hmm. and now can use that. The Lord is able to use that circumstance to give him an inroad with some of these Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what happened and this is why. And you can have some of those conversations. Mm-hmm. The same context of the location and the proximity of things, looking mm-hmm. at the passage in the text, uh, verse seven, he left there and went to a house by the name of Titius Justice, worshiper of God, whose house was next to the synagogue. Yeah, like right, right there, there, man. Right there. And yeah. then Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in mm-hmm. the Lord with all of his household. And again, just the same way that word is spreading around of like, right. hey, they just dragged Paul out and what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure word spread real fast that mm-hmm. Crispus became a believer and his household yeah and were mm-hmm. baptized i mean just and, the, and then the he wasn't that. the synagogue leader. yeah he got that's beat. interesting eh so he's yeah. not the synagogue leader he gets beat because he came to know the lord uh-huh. and yeah. the and the lord is giving paul an opportunity to visualize the promise he's about to give him i have many yeah. people in the city paul paul's rebuttal to that wouldn't be what no you don't where he would yeah. go oh shoot that's right crispus <laughs> like, yeah there'd, right there'd, there'd be this oh huh, who's yeah. still going to be a prominent citizen even though he's right. not the leader of his right. of the synagogue right? and remember this is paul hearing from god once and it fuels him for a year and a half. Yeah, okay? it's incredible. We don't act that way. You kidding me? Now, talk about cutting room floor. I'm not going to go into dreams and visions and how does God speak. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I did sure. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just kept pushing biblical dependency, which we know Paul, he would study the scriptures. Did Paul yeah. hear from God once? Did that wind him up to do a robot of Christian things for 18 months? No, he went back to the scriptures and was led by the Spirit, heard from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. But God's promise, God's calm voice in a world of screaming gave him 18 months of faithful living. We hit a dry season of a week and a half. We want to leave a church. We, yeah. want, we want to move. Yeah, Not getting change what we want. Out. We, right. want, to, we yeah. want to leave our, our wives. We want to change our job. We want yeah. to, the fatigue hits so quickly. And when, you're, when you do have the nation and the country you grew up in on a pedestal, and that's what you're reliant on, and you're waiting for legislation, you're waiting for this, you're waiting for that. Yeah, we're... we're Nowhere near how long the Roman Empire was around before it fell. Yeah. Scholars right now are obsessed with, with guessing how long America is going to last. Yeah. For the Christian, don't take this the wrong way. Who cares how long it's going to last? We can be obedient to Christ, whether it dies in 100 years or 18,000. It doesn't yeah. change what God has yeah. called us to do. And that's why I wanted to end with a picture and say, yeah. And, and that Jesus said, you are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And we have a visual representation of a city being hidden from glorifying Jesus on Easter weekend to now lit up with who knows what every single month. We are the city on the hill. And I love the quote. I can't remember where you pulled it from. You can remind me. Uh, that says, let's not be a Christian nation, but let's be a nation full of Christians mm-hmm. who are basically doing what we're called yeah. to do. Yeah. We, we lean on Christian as an adjective way too much. Way too much. Be a Christian nation. Do the Christian thing. God bless America. We need to be Christians. Yes. With the noun. Let's be the noun. You know, and and see who we are in Christ. Yeah. So that we can tackle these things effectively. And so, you know, which that's means what I... that, I mean, we don't lose our identity in the context that we're in. Right. 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 We still are in this culture. We mm-hmm. still we still mm-hmm. enjoy those benefits. We still uh, deal with those challenges. Mm-hmm. But our allegiance is not to mm-hmm. anything before it's to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, Paul turns to tent making. 
you didn't really cover mm-hmm. this too much as well, but yeah, here right. we are yeah. with mm-hmm. our jobs in this mm-hmm. culture, in this time and place mm-hmm. uh, called, you know, what is our purpose? Is, are we are our identities wrapped up in mm-hmm. making tents mm-hmm. <laughs> or are our identities meant to be who are we yeah. sharing Christ to? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's yeah. planted there for a year and a half. That's a long time for Paul. Right. Um, and that's he is using the, the skills that God has given him to right. build relationships. And that's seeking the good of the city too while you're waiting well. Yeah, that's a Jeremiah sure. thing. Shout out to Roger Locke who talked to me about that this past weekend. But it says somewhere in Jer- like seek the good of the city. It's not yeah. about putting your yeah, head yeah, in yeah. a hole as a Christian. Sure. I mean, like the world around me is not exactly. worth engaging with. Yeah. Well, Jesus died for it, so we ought to do something. Yeah. Be in the world, not of the world. That's the balance. So yeah. where did the four points come from? You know, if you look at the outline of it's pu- uh, where you <laughs> were, I mean, you kind of three or four verses at a time kind of things stood out yeah um we were flying uh i'll be honest we were flying through that but it's paul's behavior and how he's how he has has a firm understanding of god using these seasons of life he's in because priscilla and aquila booted and they're there and so there's waiting well okay let's do the tent thing i'm sure they had great conversations for god was glorified they probably had awesome fruitful time and then it's interesting that once the others come silas and timothy then it's like boom here we go now, yeah. they're the ones that I can really full-time, solemnly testify against the Jews. He devoted himself yeah. completely to the Word, which right. is fascinating because you think, well, wait a second, does that mean he was incompletely devoted to the Word of the Lord when he was making tents? No, but he was sharing the Word of the Lord full-time. He, he, he was all in now on a season of, they're here with me, let's do this thing. Right. And so we get to see, I wanted to paint that picture. What, is, what does it look like to be in, Paul? What are you saying? Be ready in season or out of season. Is it up to me to decide what the seasons are? Like, well, we have his story. We have his testimony. And it's the, it's the build up to the watching for God, the, the vision. And then the crazy stuff happens after he gets the vision. So it's clinging to God's promise. Mm. And then the super weird stuff happens where they're beating other people and Galio's like disappointing everyone. Right. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. he already has the promise of God. He already knows what God has said. How do we withstand the waves? Oh, how do, how do, how do I do this? What has God said? Create in your life a, a culture of preparedness so that when life hits, you have a defense. You, you already know what God has said. Is, this a, is yeah. this a first response kind of life we're living with the word, or is it a measure of last resort when things get bad enough? It's very easy to live in and the latter. That's why I love looking at just our worship time as a whole, as a holistic mm-hmm. kind of 75 minutes. Because, yeah, we did start with the thought that things mm-hmm. can come and go. And here's, look, here's an image of Corinth. And here, what are we putting our trust in? Where is our foundation? That's mm-hmm. kind of a key word in some of the songs. Mm-hmm. How firm a foundation. And we have that that rock. We have that solid foundation. And, we, and then we end the service saying, you know, I'll build my life upon, um, uh, blanking out of the words now. Upon your love. Upon your love. It is, it a, is firm a firm foundation. foundation. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, I just, I, I like just being encouraged with those kind of nuggets when we leave it's because yeah. it ultimately is it's a rehearsal of this good news gospel message that we do once every week right mm-hmm. and we're called to go live it out and so if we can continually be reminded that yes I, i'm not of this world yeah, I, yeah. my 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 home is upward yeah. you know mm-hmm. and and what i do here let's have the priorities right you know mm-hmm. and so where is my foundation is it yeah. is my my hope in the country or is my hope in my job or my family or any other potentially good thing um, it's it's incredible. We, we can appreciate burgers and fireworks better because of who we are yeah, in Christ. For sure. For sure. I I think with that, what you're talking about, that for me brings so much rest. Because the reality is, if my hope is in uh, 
my relationship with my wife, mm. let's say, mm. right? If my hope is in what she thinks of me is probably a better mm. uh, example. Well, the reality is I'm a flawed human, and so is she. So there's going to be ups and downs there, right, in that mm. relationship as we're seeking to walk with the Lord. If my hope is in our country, there's going to be some... <laughs> Obviously, right? Some ups and downs mm-hmm. in that. There's there's instability in having our hope in anything other than mm-hmm. Christ. Anything but else will fail you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Christ won't, right? And I think I think part of the reason that it's hard maybe to to really uh, land our minds, settle our minds on that conclusion, is because we don't necessarily trust that He's going to do what He says He is mm-hmm. in in regards to. He's good. He's taking care of us. He's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like that his glory and our good are intertwined. Mm-hmm. We think that his glory is at the expense of our good. <laughs> well, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Christ knows exactly what's best for us, which is relationship with him, mm-hmm. right? In whatever context we're in. Or we might not know him. Sure. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. To right. fully understand. Right. And, and have that right. trust. And if, if kids, let's say kids in the church or kids out of the church grow up that way with, with n- not a lot of biblical dependency, they will believe the lie that, uh-uh, things are different now. With, are you kidding me? With America nowadays, with technology, with this, social justice, blah, 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 blah. It's different. It, God hasn't accounted for it, but he has. Like this is, yeah, yes. the devil doesn't know yep. new tricks. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And we can learn from Paul's behavior, and we can be motivated to have these four attributes of a faithful walk. But we're going to see next weekend with those last couple verses. It's a totally new chapter and story for a, a, a unique person coming into the scene, and it's going to speak towards the essentials of discipleship and how we can embrace this, not just for ourselves, but for the good of the church in the long term. And that's going to be very fun to to teach through and read as we prepare for Acts 19 with sure. Tim talking a lot about that. So Love it. Good setup yeah. for the next week. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's a good takeaway here yeah, on fun Independence Day. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. That was fun. Um, and, and as we do wrap up, there, there's all kinds of plenty of ministry opportunities of where we can grow, connect, serve here at FBC. Yeah. You can go to the website for that. But I just want to put the spotlight on one up and coming thing. And Caleb, I'll put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. It's the end of August. Yes. Um, and how we um, are looking to partner with parents as a church. And mm-hmm. you can go to the Fellowship Family Podcast and listen to that conversation that I had with you, Caleb, and John Avery and Brian Weir about the church's goal to partner with parents. Mm-hmm. But just with that in mind, understanding that we're looking to really partner in discipling your children, mm-hmm. um, grandchildren, whoever it might be, there's an event coming up yeah. to assist with that. Just paint a little picture of what that yeah, looks like. You're going to be hearing a lot more about it in the weeks to come. But Yeah, and registration's open for this thing, but in, in unison with the ministry you're launching, we want to we start an annual parent summit where we can kind of circle the wagons of sorts, and you can learn a lot about what we're doing in children's ministry, what we're doing in youth ministry and family ministry in an effort to raise biblical dependency in our families, in our homes. And so we will have time together uh, over a meal. We'll be sharing some things. We'll have breakout groups covering a lot of different topics, almost age-based and, and life-season-based spiritual stuff, all in an effort to uh, equip our parents, not just for the year ahead and what to expect at FBC and and what we'll be teaching and what the kids will be doing year-round, but also allowing us to connect with each other. Everybody knows this is a big enough church to get lost in the shuffle, and Mm -hmm. so this is a time for all of the parents, no matter the age of your kids, to come together and and hear what the Lord's put on our hearts. You're going to hear what what I'm seeing and my team is seeing on the front lines of teenagers and how this is is not just optional, (laughs) what we want to do here as far as 
biblical mm-hmm. dependency. So we're very excited about it. Uh, we, we're praying for a good turnout and that, that our, our families will respond well to that and, and build a culture in our church where this is hopefully something to look forward to. And, yeah. and a consequence of it, too, is you'll get to meet other parents at FBC that might be raising kids a year or two ahead of yours. And that is so beneficial. Just uh, to be able to collaborate, just yeah. lean on yep. each other as the body of Christ yeah. and not do it in isolation. Yeah, so free food, free food, free childcare, all that good stuff. Well, there is a, a minor charge that we're going to be putting in for, for yeah, registration. Yeah, right. um, so go to the website for that because it will be well worth it. And you can go to the homepage and you'll see one of the scrolls there. Click on that. If you want to go directly to it, it's fbcva.org slash partnering dash with dash parents. So partnering with parents. And um, it's on August 18th. It's a Friday night from five o'clock to eight o'clock. So just three hours of your time. Yep. Childcare will be there for you as well. Mm-hmm. A lot going on, but that's just one big thing you'll be hearing about in mm-hmm. the weeks to come. So Ben, no kids for you yet. No kids for but, me yet. You know, nope. still you can, uh, you can glean something yeah. from other people, right? Better yeah. to be prepared. C- come watch other people's eh? kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Ben, Caleb, thank you so much for being here. Thank Love you, Mark. It. And Thanks, the fact of the matter, guys, that sermons are not meant just to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless. 